2016. What a year you've been. A very strange year, a very happy year, very sad year. Won't go into it, don't want to get too depressed yet. But in terms of movies, I know a lot of people have said that you were a bad year. A year of disappointments. And look, I can understand that. If all your hopes were riding on big budget movies like Batman vs Superman and Independence Day 2, then yeah, sure. It was pretty disappointing, but there were some really good movies that came out this year, and that is what we are here to discuss. Welcome to Nerd Out, a very special episode of Nerd Out, a New Year's special in fact. My name is Sanjay Felcher, as always, Rob Lloyd is here. Greetings, gentlemen, ladies, and those who are yet to decide. And we have two very special guests joining us, Reese Parton and Adam J. Purcell. Hello, special ones. <laughs> In fact, I would go so far as to say, just like Missy Higgins says, you are the special two. Aww. <laughs> Aww. You charmer. I think I get the charm out of the way before the blood, sweat, and the nerd hits the fan once we get to our list. Well, we are talking about freaking 2016, so we're in trouble there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, this is actually an annual event that um, myself, Reese, and Adam have been doing for the past couple of years on an old podcast called An Improbable Podcast, which is a show Reese and I used to host way back in 2012. Wow. On those shows, we did we did the top ten movies and TV shows from each year. But because TV shows are really hard to rank, and Adam and I actually spent an entire two hour long episode <laughs> just discussing our top ten mid season <laughs> list, we decided to leave them yep. out from this one. Instead, uh, we may do a special on them one day. Just keep an eye out for that. Instead, we've gone for an extended movie list, gone for the top fifteen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now I know that Adam and I have both seen a lot of movies this year. But yes, we are going to be going through these movies and these lists. But before we do that, let's just quickly go around the table. What did you think of 2016 in cinema? Was it a good year? Was it a bad year? Uh, what are your thoughts, Adam? On the whole, pretty good, I think. There are always going to be some uh, disappointments, particularly with the current uh, way of Hollywood um, remaking and just stealing ideas from elsewhere. But despite that, we've had actually some really good remakes and reimaginings and continuations and stuff like that. So, the smooth of the uh, the bad here, really, but, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Um, yes, I think it was a, a, a ca- continuation of the last couple of years of, you know, the franchise mentality seems mm. to be powering through. So, you know, it's always, you know, cinema world building as opposed to working at an individual film as for its own merits. So, there was a lot of, you know, franchise building or continuing on with franchises, Um and the you know the Hollywood machine of you know films by business rather than real heart really made up a sharp appearance this year in cinema, but with some remarkable exceptions, some films that were made in the corporate machine that um, remarkably came out unscathed and were you know really poignant, beautiful. And this is mainstream, of course. You know, and independent cinema is dwindling more and more and more. So there are still little hopes of trying to break through with that. Yeah, the, there were some shining lights within the the corporate machine of Hollywood at the moment, which was uh, beautiful to see. Well, we may as well just get started. Let's just jump straight into the lists then. Uh, Reese, you're up first. Now, we do have, of course, the worst movie sections and the honourable mentions section as well. But uh, what have what have you got for us, Reese? What are your picks from, from 2016? So, at number eight on my list, which is where it begins, Batman vs Superman. It could have been so good. <laughs> Uh, number seven is Doctor Strange which I very much enjoyed but it was middling in terms of a Marvel film and a film in general really Uh, number six is Fantastic Beasts 
uh, not knowing anything about the original material, I quite enjoyed it. Although, Eddie Redmayne, could you articulate a bit more when you perform nowadays? Because I don't understand you anymore. <laughs> uh, number five is Star Trek Beyond. I quite enjoyed it. And um, I don't know where it stands in terms of the reboot series, but it did have a lot of references to the classic series, which I've gone back and watched a bit on Netflix recently. I quite liked it. Number four is the new Ghostbusters, which I thought was hilarious, and I thought the cast was outstanding, and I want more. Number three was Deadpool, which, again, was hilarious, and the cast was outstanding, especially Ryan Reynolds. And um, Sandra and I were having a chat about it before. Tim Miller, the director, might not be involved in the second one, but we think that might be okay. But the good thing about Tim Miller was that he made it work on the budget that it had. Number one and two for me are tied in terms of enjoyment, but I ranked them the way I did because the second one that I'll mention, that is number one on the list, was better made. It had more twists in the story. But number two is Rogue One, which I adore. The number one is Captain America Civil War, which, like I said, both of them very good, part of my two favorite cinematic franchises. But I feel like the script was a little bit stronger for Civil War. Yeah. Should I do honourable mentions or will we leave that? Uh, yeah, we'll just go ahead with the honourable mentions and stuff. Okay. So, La La Land is on there because uh, I've heard that's very good. Arrival, also, heard that's good. The cast of Hail Caesar is very <laughs> interesting to me. And then for very, very different reasons, similar to Batman vs Superman, there is Suicide Squad. Oh. Sigh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what are they doing? What's wrong with DC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor DC. I know we were talking about this before, Reese, but all of us here, we are all fans of DC as a as a thing, as a general universe. All the characters are great, but oh, but the films just I don't know what <laughs> they're getting wrong. They're getting something wrong, and I'm hoping that's going to be fixed with Wonder Woman. I saw a recent trailer and uh, kind of lowered my expectations a little bit, unfortunately, but I am hoping that they do end up getting it right, at least with Justice League. I mean, you can't get Justice League horribly wrong, can you? You can't. I'd say that. <laughs> this is going to be the best summer camp ever, Sandro. You've just pretty much cursed the entire DC franchise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer are doing that themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty much. I will say about Wonder Woman, though, uh, both Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Suicide Squad all had pretty decent trailers, aside from the one Batman vs. Superman trailer that spoiled the entire film. They all had very good trailers. <laughs> if Wonder Woman has a not-so-great trailer, maybe that means it'll have the opposite effect on the actual movie. Just just putting that out there. little theory. It's like the whole Star Trek odd and even thing, making them good or bad films. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know, I'll have to wait and see. Star Trek, that trailer was pretty poorly received, the first trailer yeah. of Star Trek Beyond. Uh, that turned yeah. out to be a pretty good film. Well. <laughs> Debatable, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll all talk about that uh, when it pops up, if it pops up on, uh, on our list. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rob, you're up next with your list. What have you got? Well, what are your top picks of uh, of the past year? Okay, well, my top ten picks for for 2016, starting with number ten, I went uh, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, nine, I went The Jungle Book by Disney. Uh, eight, I went Deadpool. Seven, I went The BFG. Mm-hmm. Six, I went Zootopia. Uh, five, I went Sing Street. 
Four, I went Pete's Dragon, the remake. Uh, three, I went the brilliant Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm. Uh, two, I went Rogue One because I'm Star Wars. And one, I put Fantastic Beasts. So, wow. wow. Actually, most of those I hadn't seen at all. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, here to help you out, Adam. Here, just here to share the love, as it were. You've seen sixty <laughs> films this year, so there's going to be a, a, a bucket ton of, of ones. I'm going to go. That sounded good. That sounded interesting. <laughs> Most of my definitely middling, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's kind of a place in my top sixty list in which it's just kind of a whole bunch of six out of tens that I'm not going to recommend anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the bottom. Around the middle, it's big money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And there's Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then there's all the DC films. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a very interesting list. Why did you put uh, Fantastic Beasts at number one compared to Rogue One? It's a, Yeah, it was just the fact of... Um, I like the, the use of CGI in uh, Fantastic Beasts was, like I've mentioned in our reviews uh, on Nerd Out previously, it was sort of like the best use of CGI creatures I've ever seen. Like some of the background shots were a little bit touch and go but how they captured the essence of all these beasts and brought back that truly magical spirit to cinema um with the performances as well it was a really positive film it was a really hopeful film um and you know for the most part it succeeded in being a part of this merchandise franchise machine but it you left you left the cinema there going yeah i am excited to see the next one i'm excited for this journey Whereas, you know, because we both went in, Sandra and I went in a bit cynical. We went in, oh, we're not sure. Mm. Oh, the building yeah. fire. Both came out of it going, we are excited now. We are hopeful for this progress, despite the, you know, the enormous drag factor of Mr. Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> little, I didn't little, see him little, drag. <laughs> I get to that point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so for me, it was, you know, it was a fun joy. That's what I was looking for because it was such a, that's where I made my top 10 list out of. It was such a dark year, horrible things going on, not only around the world, but, you know, within, you know, pop culture and the zeitgeist as well. So I was looking for movies that brought joy, happiness, positivity, and this, you know, this vibe to really push us into, you know, 2017 and, you know, and beyond. So that was, that was my gut feeling. I know we're not bringing TV into this, but I've actually stopped watching most of the TV shows I watch because they're so heavy because that's the interesting thing for viewers. But I just feel like I don't want to fill my week with more depressing rubbish because I've got a lot of that going on anyway. I've got to pay bills and that's stressful and that sort of thing. So um, Mm. I'm looking forward to Doctor Who coming back, for example, because that's more feel good. But I have really given up at a lot of the shows that I watch, at least for a little bit until things feel more comfortable around the world. Rob, do you have any honourable mentions there? A- any uh, dishonourable mentions? Any really bad, just absolute stinkers that you saw this year? I set my list up as sort of like my favourite films, my meh films, and my horrible films. So I did my fave films and my meh films. Films were okay, that did alright, they were okay, but weren't, you know, didn't knock it out of the park. So I had like Jason Bourne, oh, yeah. um, which I saw it and went meh, which is a shame because it was such a, you know, the welcome return of Paul Greengrass to the franchise and Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> the cast of like Tommy Lee Jones in there. There was all this good vibe to it. Then you saw it. And it was it was a meh film. Uh, had Ghostbusters <laughs> in there, which I was really hopeful for. And I was, you know, trying to work against the misogynistic online hate um, to bring some positive male love to this film. Um, 
and there's some highlights in that film and there's some you know some just bland moments in that film i like to see melissa mccartney play a role that didn't rely on her swearing like a sailor that was a highlight <laughs> uh leslie jones was excellent and i most of the stuff i've seen her in i was quite taken back by but this she was a really real sweetheart in this film she had a beautiful heart in this film uh the cameos were uh, weren't as successful uh chris hemsworth was appalling um really? in that film I, I admire what they went for but it just didn't work at all uh dr strange was meh for me there was some beautiful you know the visionary scope of that film and how they tried to push it out of the the conventional way of marvel doing cinema was a great attempt but it covered up the fact it was one of the most conventional, you know, origin stories that mm. Marvel have ever done. Um, yeah. There's Miss, uh, Miss uh, Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Kids. Um, that's the title of it. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, uh, Star Trek Beyond was was okay in parts. Like, it was great to have Carl Urban more of a focus. Uh, Spock yeah. wasn't as annoying <laughs> as he is previously. But they blew up the, the, the Enterprise again. You know, the whole point of blowing up the Enterprise is you do it once in a blue moon to make it exciting and dramatic and powerful. If you blow it up every single movie... <laughs> it's the weakest they... ship in the galaxy. <laughs> well, it was directed by the guy who made Fast Five, so <laughs> kind of saw it coming. Yeah. And um, lastly, in my mitt was, uh, films was uh, The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke was got a cinematic release. The <laughs> mitt mostly goes for the first 20 minutes that didn't need to be there. But yeah, the highlight of that was Mark Hamill, you know, speaking the, mo- the most brilliant words of um, Alan Moore, and he just—it was beautiful to hear him recite those words. Absolutely incredibly flawless. Every time you say "meh," I've just got this image of you watching the film, letting the credits go, and you're just sitting there, blank-faced. A camera zooms in on you, and you just go "meh," and then get up and go after everyone's already left. <laughs> Am I wearing pants, Reese? I hadn't imagined that far, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, you may be a father, but you're not dead. So um, when, you, when, you, when you have a thought about it, just uh, tell me if I'm wearing boxes, briefs, or, you know, going full, full exposure. I'm going to full Hodor. Um, <laughs> that is a new nerd out term. We're cashing that. We're going we're gonna to copyright that one using every episode. Going full Hodor. Go the full Hodor. <laughs> Move over the full Monty. It's the full Hodor now. Don't just hold the door. You can hold another piece of wood. Uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that was too obvious. I'm not going to love that. One. <laughs> seen my comedy reads? Come on, we've done a podcast live together. There's nothing but obvious with this. Anyway, my three horrible mentions. True. Um, it's been mentioned before. Horrible mentions: Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. um, Suicide Squad, <laughs> and the one so horrible everyone's forgotten about it. X-Men Apocalypse. It's bad. I haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Number 53, that is in my list. Uh, let me check mine. <laughs> Where is it on mine? Number 32. Not not too bad. Just above Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I finally saw uh, Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. They added in 40 minutes. And you know what 40 minutes they took out of the cinematic version? The plot. So, you know, it was I'm um, uh, there going, oh, yeah, the exactly. film made sense. It wasn't a good film, but it was a film that made sense finally. So that's my that's my um, list of uh, fantastic, meh, and horrible films of 2016. Boxes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's move rapidly on from the Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition and go to Adam J Purcell. <laughs> your list. What movies did you enjoy this year? Your Ultimate Edition, sir. 
<laughs> I did not see Batman v Superman in any form, so it's not on the list, for good or bad. Yeah, I, I thought I'd give it a miss. I, they didn't deserve the money, I thought, thought frankly. So, um, number 15 of 64 uh, yeah. is Eddie the Eagle, which I don't know if it got a wide release anywhere but the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, the Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman and the kid from Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it's about a, a real-world Olympic skier who was dreadful. But it's his struggle to get into the Olympic Games in 84, and it, whenever it was, the Olympic, the uh, Winter Olympics. And, uh, yeah, it's a comedy, basically, but, you know, a very warm-hearted, actually funny comedy, which is fairly rare from Hollywood comedies nowadays, even though it's sort of an independent film. <laughs> so it kind of skirts that a bit. Uh, number 14 is Spotlight, which, uh, again, is, is not in any way a regular Hollywood film. It, it's about... Uh, a bunch of reporters uncovering the, the child abuse um, scandal in the Catholic oh. Church. It's mm. uh, really hard-hitting, really interesting, and yeah, quite sobering stuff. Yeah, I think that one won Best Picture at the Oscars as well. Did it really? Okay. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, Two Michael Keaton films that won Best Picture two years in a row, Birdman la- year before and uh, Spotlight uh, last year. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And we've got the founder lined up as well for, uh, for this year's. Oscars as a possible Founder. nominee, uh, which is um, which is about uh, McDonald's, which was actually really good. I managed to see it. See, I was going to oh, say, I don't think uh, he'll win another one for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will notice, on, may, or you may notice on this list, that um, Assassin's Creed is not on the worst of list because it actually came out the 1st of January this year, and the Monster Call was going out on the 1st of January, and that would have been my top 15. Yeah, Monster Calls doesn't come out in Australia until March, so at least you got to see it. Oh, wow, even worse than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but definitely a great film. Go see that when it comes out. But anyway, uh, number 13, lucky for some, The Girl with All the Gifts, another independent, I think it's probably many British film, uh, about a zombie apocalypse. Um, but there, there's a bunch of, of kids, there, these kids who are infected, but yet uh, re- retain their, their personalities, they're, they're still lucid. And it's the military's uh, use of them to try to, you know, prevent the plague from spreading, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's a, a really, really good film. Um, I'm not sure it got much buzz, but it's definitely worth worth a, a watch. I would say, the girl, all the gifts. Uh, number twelve, Nerve, another fairly low-key film, uh, and one which is somewhat reminiscent of uh, a recent Black Mirror. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like Black Mirror meets The Hunger Games to a certain extent. It is. Yeah, yeah. The idea being, it's set in modern day, and it's about a new app, which is sort of crowdsourcing, uh, daring people to do things, and uh, what happens is that gets really out of control, and there's a, a sort of sinister side to it, and what people are driven to ultimately do. It's uh, really clever and really interesting. You could you could sort of believe it happening. Number eleven, passengers. Fairly high, but uh, I thought it was a really good film. Uh, it's a sci-fi romantic film with touches of humour, not not out, outright comedy. Great performances, I thought. I know some people have said Jennifer Lawrence isn't at her best here, and maybe that's true. But uh, given they they basically they carry the movie, uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence is basically just those two. And what would happen if uh, you get woken up on a spacecraft, thirty years and one hundred twenty year flight? And you can't go back to into suspend animation. And I like the fact that uh, I don't want to spoil the ending too much, but there is no easy answer. I like the fact they they don't cop out at the end. Number ten, Captain America: Civil War or Avengers Three. 
if you want to call it that. <laughs> what can you say? Marvel know how to do a good film. They, they may be somewhat shallow, but uh, they, they get you engaged. They keep a sense of humor, a sense of fun, but they're not afraid to occasionally go to the darker aspects. There's real differences of texture in there. And then in, in a number nine, another, another Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, it's always interesting when they, they create, they kick off a new character. I don't know anything about Doctor Strange, really. I've never really read the comics of Marvel at all. But obviously I know all the cinematic stuff. And he, he slotted in really well, I thought. You can see where they're going with him potentially becoming the sort of new Stark. Not in terms of having lots of money, but that sort of personality fitting in with... It's funny, I feel like that was originally the plan, but um, Danny Jr. is just being convinced to keep coming back and coming back again. <laughs> he likes that money. <laughs> yeah. I think he likes the role, too, let's be honest. But yes, money's there, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a really strong first entry. Yeah, not quite up there with Ant-Man, but uh, you're not oh. far off. <laughs> and Cumberbatch, I thought, did a great job. Um, I'm sure Americans <laughs> will, will uh, complain about the accent. Uh, number eight, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Harry Potter in the New Age, Past Age. I thought particularly the uh, setting of New York in the 19-whatever it is, 40s, 50s, really, really good. I didn't go in with great expectations. I'd heard that he's basically channeling Matt Smith's Doctor. Oh, easily. Yep. Yeah. And the and script was channeling the Moffat era of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> With elements of RTD. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> the kind of no plot of RTD. I'm sorry, no, continue. Yeah, it was kind of light on plot, but it's an introduction to a, to a new world. And as it could have been, as actually, mm. it feels really good. And I look forward to where they take it, even if we do have to have Johnny Depp. Who <laughs> 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 do something does seem to kill films nowadays. Mm. Um, number seven, then, Deadpool. Deadpool, another Marvel, isn't he? Although this isn't actually Marvel Studios as such. Is that right? No. This is the X-Men. Ah, uh, this is Fox, yeah. It's great to have... It's a bit influences of Ant-Man in there. It's obviously a more outright comedic thing, although this is definitely taken up to the more immature <laughs> comedy <laughs> levels. You know, sometimes you want immature comedy, and uh, Deadpool delivers on spades, really. Um, you can tell it was a passion project. Mm. Absolutely, Definitely. and it was a tiny budget for what you got on the screen. It's really impressive what they did. Oh yeah, and it did really well in the box office, and justifiably so, I think. And yeah. so many great quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. wondering why I wore the red suit. That's so the bad guys don't <laughs> see my blood. He's got the right idea. He wore the brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They had fun with that. You can definitely tell. Oh, I, yeah. I'm a bit concerned about the, the sequel because now it's become a thing. Yeah. Got to worry about studio interference, but yeah. yeah but the thing is, I don't think uh, Fox will really mess with Deadpool 2 because if Fox messes with Deadpool 2, Ryan Reynolds will put it in the movie and point out the fact True. that Fox and messed up Deadpool probably 2. Probably any director would keep it in, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. True. Although I'm not sure that'll stop them these days. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they think that they know everything, don't they? Ah, yeah. they do indeed. I mean, look at Fantastic Four. Another film I, I deliberately did not watch, <laughs> given the <laughs> lambasting it got. Anyway, uh, number six then, Sully, Miracle on the Hudson. Oh, uh, I want to see that. Which is uh, it's Tom Hanks playing the role of uh, the, the famous Captain Sully who landed mm. that plane on the Hudson River. You think a film based on a sort of two, three-minute long flight? How could that work? But it's about the investigation. It's... Mm. really really good and um, you know it's surprisingly moving as well even though you know it survives it's, it's a real 
feel-good thing. Uh, number five, another probably fairly obscure one. I don't know. Eye in the Sky. Oh, which I've is, heard of that. Yeah. You, you heard about it? Yeah. I, I suspect it probably did fairly well in nominations. I don't know. Um, but I don't think it got a particularly uh, good box office. But it's basically, it's a, I think it's based on a stage play. It's about mm. drones in the, the Middle East being controlled by, well, joint control, basically, of the uh, British and Americans uh, looking to take out terrorists in the Middle East, but with the possible quandaries of you might uh, take out innocent people along with it. Really interesting stuff. Asks some really interesting questions about the moral rights of this sort of thing. And there, there is no right answer. And the back and forth between the uh, various people at different levels who all of them don't want to take responsibility. And <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, a, a bit worrying, really. You can quite imagine this sort of thing happens. And yeah, hmm. it does make you think. Again, it's quite emotional. You can understand how difficult it must be for them to make these sort of decisions. I'm sure if you go in thinking they should do it, you'll come out thinking unsure. If you go in thinking they shouldn't do it, you come out unsure as well. It's, it really muddies it, <laughs> as it should. Um, Which is kind of funny, um, not to make it all Marvel-esque, but that's what the Russo brothers are trying to do with Civil War. If you picked one side, they wanted you to come out going, damn it, I relate to the other side too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Uh, number four then, away from the real world, we have Star Trek Beyond. Wow. Which it took me a couple a couple of viewings to, to really put it that high on the list. The first view in more like twenty probably. But second viewing I really started to appreciate it more. Um it probably obviously there's a bias here, I'm a science fiction fan, so this I'm sure wouldn't be as high on most people's lists, but for me, it really captured that uh, that Star Trek flavour, which had fallen off a bit with the uh, into darkness. This I thought really got back on track. And mm. uh really great lots of humour very interesting situation for the crew to be in which we haven't really seen before really good a really good entry and i can't understand why on earth it failed so badly at the box office it did not Me deserve either. to do that badly well there wasn't much advertising for it much like star trek this entire year like no one really knew what it was yeah the 50th yeah. anniversary they screwed it up completely mm. that, yeah. <laughs> there we go once again uh, the yeah. uk's done it properly with their 50th yeah. of their big important show yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe that BBC would uh, have more respect for their for Doctor Who, given the, <laughs> the past, than mm. Paramount would have for, a, for Star Trek. But yeah, that's how it turned out. Number three, then on to the top three: Arrival, which is a fantastic film, um, all about what happens when alien spacecraft come to Earth and just sort of hover there for no good reason, no apparent reason, anyway. Destructive fleet. <laughs> yeah, and Amy Adams has to go along and uh, try to communicate with them absolutely worth worth a viewing it's very much a, a slow burn it, it's not about action adventure it's not that sort of alien invasion film at all it is all about the people trying to communicate with these aliens and what it all means and i the only thing i would say about it is the last five or ten minutes sort of beat you over the head with everything you've already figured out uh, i suppose for the for people who aren't quite so okay with the sci-fi tropes but it, it, it did feel like, yeah, I, I know that. I figured that out a long time. Thank you. <laughs> you don't need to keep laboring the point. But particularly the, the, the moment which really sticks in my mind is the bit where she first goes into the ship to encounter the aliens. That is absolutely breathtaking the first time. It really, really powerful stuff. Uh, number two, then, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Ooh. And again, this was lower down my list when I saw it first time. 
but I've seen it four times now, and every time I see it, it goes up a bit further. I just love the attention to detail in it. Oh, yeah. It does feel like the Star Wars universe. The story right. itself isn't quite Star Wars. It, it is, as they say, a war film set yeah. in the Star Wars universe. And it, the great thing about it is it does set up these anthologies to mm. really succeed on their own. Mm. Uh, this could have failed badly, and if it had... I don't know what there would have been of Star Wars beyond Episode Nine, but now there's there's real hope it could continue in some form. Uh, on to number one, then my my favourite film of 2016, Ghostbusters: Answer the Call. Oh. <laughs> a controversial one, I know, but I've always been a great no, Ghostbusters fan. So, <laughs> and uh, I thought they did a really really good job. I was kind of worried, not because it was an all-female cast, but just because I didn't think they'd ever be able to recapture that Ghostbusters magic. Yeah, if the original team couldn't do it in Ghostbusters 2, what chances this, some, this new team got? But they absolutely mm. did. And um, Yeah, I, again, another film which did poorly in the box office it did not deserve it. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's just so much hate beforehand. People who just, I don't know why, weren't willing to accept the new cast. Let's mm. face it, the old cast are old. I don't know if they really could have even done a sequel. Who could not like Hulksman? What a great character. Exactly. Egon Spengler is always my favourite character, but I think she's eclipsed even Egon Spengler, which is uh, mm. quite something. So on to my uh, honourable mentions, and I suppose uh, just getting out of the top 15, 16 is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Quite a, a corporate effort in many ways, but I really liked what they tried to do with it, and some great child actors as well, which is kind of unusual. Yeah, some great ideas. No, I haven't read the books, um, but you can see they've obviously mined the books, taken some ideas, and maybe not all of the plot. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, great ideas behind it, and I like like the, where they went with it, and I'm interested where they go, if they go any further with it. Mm. Um, Dad's Army, they did a film, a new film <laughs> version of Dad's Army, which is an old BBC uh, wartime comedy. And What's your name? Don't tell them, Clive. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, a very well-loved old uh, sitcom. And there was a lot of concern because they had to recast. Apart, I think that maybe there's two people still alive, the original cast. Um, had to recast everybody. And they did a really good job. A lot of great names stepped in. I'm sure it was a very small budget film. They, they weren't in it for the money. But again, done with real love. And they, they really captured the essence of the, of the series, I think, but in an extended film format, which obviously would be different to a 30-minute to a uh, sitcom. Uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, I want to mention as well, which is uh, oh, another movie. comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, number 17 on my list. Um, features Matt Smith in a hilarious role as uh, some clueless holy man of some kind, I can't quite remember, but he was really good in it. It's done to great comic effect, and um, a bit of a shame it wasn't very well, not that well received, but... Um, Say not that well at the box office, but it's good to see zombies used for, for comic effect because they are yeah. kind of comical when you get down to it. I really enjoyed it. For me, it came spot uh, 28 just underneath the Magnificent Seven, uh, which is still quite high up there, uh, I should say. Which, oh, okay. Yeah, quite, quite enjoyed mm. it. Um, just before the kind of middling averageness that is the rest of the list. Yeah, yeah. I will skip over a whole heck of a lot of middling stuff <laughs> uh, to go down to the bottom of my list and... Right at the bottom, the most dishonourable mention is to, for Londoners Fallen. <laughs> Thought so. <laughs> yeah, it really is a dreadful film and oh. kind of insulting, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, not good. Um, it's really dumb stuff and it's the worst macho Americanism in. <laughs> oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> now, are you, is it 
partly because you're British and it's London has fallen, not anywhere else. Probably, yeah. The, the previous one wasn't great. Do you really care? <laughs> yeah, the previous one was not great either, but uh, this mm. one's particularly sticks and crew, I think, because they make out that we're all just sitting here. You know, we've got the SAS in the film, and they, they're useless. They're just waiting for this American Secret Service guy to come and tell them what to do. Really? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my second worst of the year, it's really... It's probably not as bad as this, but it's bad because I was hoping so much for this to be good. Independence <laughs> Day Resurgence. Ugh. It was a terrible film. It probably doesn't belong quite this far down, but way to kill a franchise. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels like it wasn't even meant to be a franchise originally, and they tried to make it one. Oh, it wasn't. No, no. <laughs> mm. Thankfully, it didn't make that much money. No, it didn't. It did terrible, this sequel. And they had high hopes of doing it two or three more. Yep. Clearly, it's setting up sequels, and they're never going to happen. And based on this, probably a good thing. Um, also, down the end of my list is Suicide Squad, <laughs> which uh, I literally fell asleep during. Uh, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> yeah, I just wrote the one sort of cinema. Um, and, oh, dear, the, the Joker in particular. What is it with DC and taking you know, the, the big villain of uh, particular superheroes and, and messing them up. Mm. You've had Lex Luthor done dreadfully. You've had yeah. the Joker done dreadfully recently. What are they doing? But, I was uh, really looking forward to Jared Leto as the Joker too. Um, he's the actor enough to do it, but they obviously didn't give him the material. No. I don't know. They, the screenwriters clearly had a very different view of the Joker than everybody else in the entire world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, so some disappointments there. Um, mm. But on the whole, it's been a pretty good year, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly we've had worse. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And things which, which I, was, I was worried about, such as Ghostbusters, such as Rogue One, turned out to be really good. So I can't complain. Mm. Yeah, that's good, that's good. All right, well, uh, I'll move on to my list, the final list of the show. Before that, I should say uh, you may have noticed that Rob hasn't said anything for a while. Uh, because it's such a hot day here in Melbourne, uh, his internet... He's died. It's not working. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's gone. Okay, I'm going to move on to my list. Um, because I'm the last one, I'm going to end on a high note and end with the number one. So I'm going to start off with worst, just because you, you don't really want to end with worst movie of the year. Do you? You don't really want uh, to have a podcast. We've already there. spoken a lot about Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. You don't have to go on about it again. No, no. Well, I'd say there are much worse movies than Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad from this year. In the previous worst movies, 2014 was Transcendence. Terrible movie. 2015 was Black Hat. Mm. Even worse. That was boring, wasn't it? That's boring. It was, it was just bad. And 2016 yeah. technically goes to a movie worse than both of those. It's uh, a little movie oh. called Max Steel. Really bad for film. Oh. Uh, I watched it knowing that it would be awful, though, and I didn't finish watching it. So technically, I'm not going to include <laughs> it. Uh, my least favourite movie of the year goes to Assassin's Creed for many reasons. One, mm. it annoys me. I'm a fan of Assassin's Creed. I've been playing the games ever since the first one came out. But the movie had so much potential. You had Michael Fassbender caring yeah. about this project. Sake producer, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, and in all the interviews post-production, he seemed really excited about it. He had a good vision. And from what he said, he pitched a really good movie. But then, I don't know, something must have happened, and uh, the writers maybe rewrote the entire movie, and what we got was a complete mess. I hate this movie as both a fan of Assassin's Creed and a fan of cinema, because here's the reason what, number one, it's shot like the prequels, except it's got none of the good things that, that the prequels had. Uh, Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jar Jar would have been a nice splash of colour in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it would have at least added something to talk about. It was just boring. Most of the movie was yeah. characters who don't care about talking to other characters that you don't care about and then having mental breakdowns and then forgetting that they had mental breakdowns in the next scene and not really caring about it. The action sequences were painful. They used shaky cam, which I normally like in stuff like the Jason Bourne movies. I like shaky cam. In Jason Bourne, mm. shaky cam wasn't particularly great, but in the original ones it was good. Uh, they used shaky cam in this movie to censor out gore, which is the most <laughs> studio thing I have ever heard. Yeah. It was just bad. It was just a bad movie. I fell asleep during Assassin's Creed, as we said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually 2017 for me, so it's not in my list, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. A couple other movies you guys mentioned that don't appear in my list are Star Trek Beyond. Uh, I, I didn't like it. The modern films, I like them, but I don't like them as Star Trek. I like them as fun action films with a great cast, a lot of fun, but they aren't necessarily great Star Trek movies. Although the first one kind of treads that line, which I really like. The second one, not so much. And then Star Trek Beyond came around, and I was looking forward to it because everyone was saying it's like a throwback to the originals. And I can't see that. For me, it feels like it was written by Simon Pegg, which mm-hmm. I like his writing, but it was so obvious that he wrote it, because all of a sudden his character has more stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and moments like Spock having the exact same storyline with Aurora that we saw in Into Darkness uh, happened in this. And also the moment where the Enterprise takes off and played loud music reminded me of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and I almost laughed out loud mm-hmm. in the cinema, uh, which is not a good thing. Seeing as you had Zoe Saldana there as well. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's true. All around, I found it really, really disappointing. But but I can see why people Mm. like it, and I wish that I could like it. Um, Yeah. I just can't, unfortunately, which is why Uh, it's it's quite low on my list. Uh, But anyway, let's move on from that. Honorable mentions. As you said, Nerve, I really enjoyed. Uh, Not in my top 15, but it does come close at uh, spot 20. Very good movie. Enjoyed that. Finding Dory should have been called Finding Money, but it was fun. Some other honorable mentions. Ghostbusters. You guys already mentioned it. That came in at yeah. spot 18 on my list. I found a lot of the jokes hit or miss, but I appreciate the movie as a whole. I really like it, and I hope that there are more. Um, it mm. just mm. It didn't quite crack into the top 15 for me. Jungle Book was a pleasant surprise. So was Cafe Society, mm-hmm. uh, a really good Jesse Eisenberg movie with uh, Steve Carroll and Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart actually being a good actress in this movie. I, I was surprised. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Hail Caesar as well. Really enjoyed it. A lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoyed the yep. cast from the trailer that didn't actually show up that much in the movie. I think it was um, yeah. Oh. Jonah Hill who did uh, a thing on SNL and he said, you may know me from the Hail Caesar trailer because he doesn't really show up in the movie, <laughs> which I found really funny. The trailer was a bit misleading, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and oh, then the other okay. one, which I was really surprised by, you're going to be hearing the word surprise a lot in my list. I was really uh, surprised, surprised yeah. by uh, Sausage Party, the Seth Rogen movie. Okay. I actually yeah. thought was, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know why. I can see why yeah. audiences didn't like it, because a lot of the jokes I didn't think much of it. Man. Yeah. Although I should say the final scene is quite scarring. Never going to get that <laughs> image out of my head. <laughs> Um, but yes, as a Seth Rogen film, I was surprised because he always has really good concepts with stuff like The Interview and Neighbours, but never really delivers on a final product. They're always kind of like, yeah, it's your typical American comedy. But this in particular, I really enjoyed. 
just narrowly missing out, missing out on my top 15, which I'll get into now. Number 15 is another comedy, actually. Uh, pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Didn't see that. It's a mockumentary okay. by The Lonely Island. No one knew it was coming out aside from Lonely Island fans. It absolutely tanked <laughs> in the box office. But it is a very, very funny movie. And this movie focuses around a pop icon called Connor Freel as he tries to go solo and release his new album. Spot number 14 goes to a, an, another smaller film. I don't know that if any of you have heard of it, but a Green Room comes in at spot 14. It is a film starring Patrick Stewart and Anton Yelchin, of course, from Star Trek, who very um, tragically passed away this year. This movie shows why he would have been a massive actor, because this shows his range. Mm. He plays a very very fun character in Star Trek, and in this he plays the complete opposite. Green Room is a very interesting movie. It's got... kind of typical plot that you see in every movie. A punk band goes to a white supremacist music festival (laughs) and uh, then gets into a fight with a bunch of neo-Nazis. It's just your typical stuff. Trump's inauguration. (laughs) 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 Um, It's a very interesting movie. Technically, it's a horror. I wouldn't say it is. I'd say it's more of a thriller. But the thing is, it it doesn't feel like that. And it's so well-crafted. This movie is very gory, but it doesn't focus on any of the gore. It's just kind of like, that would happen, let's move on, which I really appreciate. All the performances were great. Patrick Stewart was so creepy in this entire movie. I've heard great things about it, yeah. i heard great things, but I, I unfortunately missed it. It was gone very quickly, yeah. Yeah, it didn't do too well uh, in the box office either, though it did better than Popstar. <laughs> quite surprising, actually. But yeah, a really fun... <laughs> not fun. Not fun at all. Really... <laughs> Depressing movie. Uh, Let's move on now to number 13. Again, it's another small movie that you may not have heard of. Swiss Army Man comes in at spot 13. Oh, I have heard of that one. This movie, Mm. every person who I've talked to who has watched this hates this movie. But I personally (laughs) really enjoy it. It's one of those films that you either love it or you hate it. A lot of critics loved it. A lot of audiences did not like it. Um, Swiss Army Man stars Paul Dano as a guy trapped on an island, and then uh, Daniel Radcliffe washes up, literally washes up. He's a dead body. Um, And then uh, Paul's character sees that Daniel farts a lot and uh, captures that power and uses him as a jet ski to get back home. The (laughs) The entire movie kind of focuses on the fact that this corpse it is kind of like a Swiss army knife. It can do multiple things. Uh, and so a lot of the comedy comes from that. But at the same time, a lot of real human emotion comes from these characters. Daniel Radcliffe does end up talking later down the line. And okay. he plays this innocent character as Paul kind of teaches him about love. The emotion that these actors put in works so well. The story is kind of sweet, kind of creepy at the end. Uh, with some of the stuff that happens. Um, (laughs) Spot 12, Doctor Strange. It's a very average Marvel film, which isn't a bad thing, because Marvel's average is much better than a lot of other things. On top of that, the visuals of this movie were just incredible. It was just amazing to look at. Moving on, number 11 goes to Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson's directorial return stars Andrew Garfield who goes to war but doesn't want to kill anyone and this film does a really good job of 
dealing with the horror of war. Again, this film is not for the faint-hearted. It is very, very gory. But the great thing is, it's also very human. This is easily the best performance I've seen from Andrew Garfield. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated off this movie. He was fantastic in it. Vince Vaughn was in this, and he was actually really good. This movie managed to make Sam Worthington (laughs) interesting as an actor. Wow. (laughs) Really well done. And then, of course, you had Hugo Weaving in there and Teresa Palmer. All brilliant performances. Very good movie. Okay. Hasn't opened here yet. Uh, Number 10 goes to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm not much of a Harry Mm -hmm. Potter fan. Uh, I read all the books when I was a kid, but never really bothered to watch the movies. Then eventually watched them, and I like some of them. The third one, Goblet of Fire. Third one, best. Yeah. But Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them kind of took that fun element and expanded Mm. upon that Mm. yes it doesn't really have a story and eddie redmayne's a very interesting uh a very interesting performer he was great in the theory of everything uh but aside from that all his other performances kind of feel a bit okay that's a very weird thing to do the jupiter rising oh oh, i (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about sandro But I thought his performance in this was good. Yes, it was influenced by Matt Smith, obviously. Yeah. But the, aside from that, it was quite good. Colin Farrell played a very interesting uh, mm. villain, as well as yeah. Ezra Miller, who will be the Flash, played a very unflash-like performance, which means that he has range, which means I now have hope for the Flash. Oh. Overall, very good movie. Again, visually impressive. Uh, so that's at spot 10. Spot 9 goes to Hell or High Water, a bit of a smaller movie, Mm. one that is definitely going to get nominated for a bunch of Oscars, I think. This is a neo-Western kind of heist movie about two brothers, played by Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Ah, good to see he's doing some acting as well as conducting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And this is one of the best performances I've seen from Chris Pine. He always kind of plays the very Captain Kirk-like role in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. Um, which is good, he works in that role, but in this he goes for a very, very different take, and he knocks it out of the park. I loved him in this. And then you also have Jeff Bridges as uh, one of the cops chasing him. (laughs) The reason why I like it so much is because it makes you care about both sides of the law, which is something that you don't really see much in a lot of movies, and uh, that's the reason why I really enjoyed this one. Also, it's really well shot. The script was a bit simple, but I think that worked for the film. I can see what they're trying to do. Um, yeah, it's a like great performance, definitely, and I can see why Chris Pine and uh, Jeff Bridges will be uh, nominated. But th- the overall story felt a little bit as if it was writing itself. I don't know. It's well made, but um, nothing amazing to me. And moving on to another performance piece, definitely spot number eight goes to Arrival. Amy Adams is incredible mm. in this. She put out two Cheers. really good movies this year. One was Arrival, one was Nocturnal Animals, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard great things about it. Arrival is um, a very good movie, as you said before, Adam. I won't really yeah. go too much into depth. I pretty much agree with all your points. The reason why it's a bit lower is because I have the same problems with it that I have with Interstellar in that the ending does kind of spell it out for you. And it does. easily could have wrapped up way quicker than it did. Yeah. did feel like they were trying to give you that emotional punch at the end, but didn't mar the film as a whole. But then again, I appreciate why it's there. The same reason why it's yeah. in Interstellar is because these are mainstream movies. You may not exactly. think of them as that, yeah. but these are films they got wide cinema releases you kind of have to do that i think because a 
couple of yeah. these concepts were very uh, complicated for people who aren't necessarily um, uh, familiar with the tropes. Yeah. yeah. M- moving on, spot number seven goes to... I'm actually surprised it's quite low. I absolutely love this movie, and I am surprised that it's this low, but it goes to Rogue One, Star Wars story. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I was surprised. I really enjoy this film. I've seen it four times now. Each time, one of my problems disappears. My main issue with this movie was yeah. the characters. I didn't really connect to any of them. Yep. Uh, the yep. second time around, again, wow. Felicity Jones, her character... I really like, uh, but I related more to the pilot. His kind of storyline of redemption was really cool. Um, I think Felicity Jones's character will work better once we know more about her in perhaps some prequel, some more prequel novels. Maybe she'll show up in Rebels or something. And her character is really intriguing. I don't think they necessarily got to the point of characters like Luke and Ray and Han. No. But that's also the thing about this movie. It's not really a character movie. Unlike Force Awakens, Force Awakens was a character movie. No. This is a war movie. This is all about the action. Was- and the action was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. They knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Visually incredible. I'd say the best Star Wars visuals we've seen so far. Oh yeah. Yep. Spot number six goes to a movie that was originally much lower in this list, but I rewatched it last night, just kind of accepting it. Okay, I have problems with it. Let's see yeah. what happens. Yeah. And I rewatched it and I enjoyed it so much more. Deadpool comes in at spot six. Originally, yeah. I thought it was fairly average. They got the characters perfectly, but the whole Ajax oh. storyline, I was going yeah. like, we've seen this before. But rewatching it, in comparison yeah. to something like Doctor Strange, they got it so right. The tone of his origin story was so dark and something that we've never really seen before outside of maybe the Netflix shows. Mm. I have to say I love this movie. It's hilarious, it's dark, sad at some moments. Ryan Reynolds pulls off such a great performance. The performance of his career, I'm going to call it, hoping that with the future uh, Mm. films they can definitely iron out that one problem that I have with this movie that is, it's kind of familiar in terms of the bad guy. He's a a good villain. He works for an origin story, which this is. This is is just an origin story. Uh, Moving on now to number five, top five. Number five, as I said, goes to... Sing Street, a bit of a smaller movie. It is basically about uh, a couple kids in Ireland set up a band because one of their members wants to impress a girl across the street. That's the plot. It's so simple. They capture so many great moments in this movie. Um, It's easily one of the better movies of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if it wins a bunch of awards because it definitely deserves it. One of the massive films that just kind of came out out of nowhere in Sundance. All of a sudden, everyone was talking about it. A bunch of the original songs in this film were quite funny as well. Uh, So, yeah. Sing Street, definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. Mm. Moving on, number four goes to another surprise movie. Literally, a surprise movie. We had no idea this movie was coming out until, I think, a week before it came out in cinemas. Uh, It goes to 10 Cloverfield Lane, the latest from J.J. Abrams, Mm. um, I guess, anthology series, you can call it. It's not really a sequel to Cloverfield. John Goodman plays a crazy man. John Goodman plays John Goodman. No. (laughs) Um, His performance was incredible as this just really unhinged time bomb. Like, that's the best way you could describe him. But the lead, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, really knocks it out of the park. But yes, a very, very good movie with a massive twist at the end, which completely changes the tone, and it works so well. Number three goes to... (laughs) Number three goes to a Shane Black movie. Uh, it goes to a movie with two people 
who I never thought I'd ever see in a movie together, ever, and it kind of worked. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in uh, The Nice Guys. Uh, yes. 70s-based yeah. yeah. uh, mystery crime kind of noir but also a comedy it's a lot of fun it's very funny Mm. and had real laughs from just stuff happening shane black knocked it out of the park with this you could tell that he really cared about this movie it was more of a passion project for him um and it's Mm. a shame that it tanked because unfortunately it did it tanked it only made 57 million and he was hoping to do many many more sequels with these characters and i don't think we're going to see it which is a real Mm. shame this is a movie that isn't made anymore no. Uh, it's a real shame because it works really well. Uh, number two into the into the final two goes to a film that was also on Rob's list, uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People, a New Zealand comedy Ooh. by Taika Watiki, who is one of my favourite filmmakers at the moment. In 2014, he made What We Do in the Shadows, which was a mockumentary about New Zealand vampires, which if you haven't seen, definitely watch. It is Ooh. hilarious. He's making the upcoming Thor Ragnarok, which is incredible. It's so oh, good. Yeah. It stars Sam Neill acting (laughs) the best that he's acted since jurassic park hunt for the world people is um one of those very rare movies as i said before the comedy doesn't come from jokes it just comes from the characters and what's happening and that's why i love this movie so much it's so much fun uh number two heading on to the top one top spot goes to a movie that i actually wasn't expecting to be number one after last year's offerings from a particular studio, but they knocked it out of the park. Captain America Civil War takes the top spot. What can I say? Yep. I came out of the cinema, uh, I think, for the, the three times I saw, saw this movie and didn't have a single negative <laughs> point about it, which is something that is very rare for, yeah. for me to walk out of yeah. the cinema. Not one negative point, but I think that Chris Evans really got the character in this movie more so than any other film. Robert Downey Jr. again proves why you cannot recast Iron Man. Scarlett <laughs> Johansson mm-hmm. proves why she needs her own movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tabastian uh, Stan was actually good. <laughs> uh, the same with Anthony Maggie, Don Cheadle, Paul Bettany was great. Paul Rudd was a lot of fun. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen, this was the first time her character really shone. Black Panther, who was a character oh, who yeah. I was really unsure whether or not they were going to get it right. Because if you don't get Black Panther perfect your movie's going to fail. He's such a hard character to get right, and they knocked it out of the park with this. I cannot wait for his solo movie uh, next year, actually, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, last but definitely not least, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I'm still going to have to wait until the movie to see whether or not he is Spider-Man for me, but he did a great performance, a great uh, cameo. Again, the Russo brothers knocking it out of the oh, park. Yeah. Cannot wait for uh, Infinity War. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's take spot number one. Captain America: Civil War, really enjoyable movie. So there we go. Those are our top fifteen, ten, or eight movies. <laughs> of the year. Uh, we're very interested to hear what you think of our choices and what your choices would be. You can message the Facebook page. The URL is fb. dot me forward slash nerd out with Rob and Sandro, or you can uh, just send us an email, facebook.nerdout at gmail.com. All the information is in the description below. Thank you very much for joining us. And also, um, massive thank yous to Adam J. Purcell for joining us thank from you. the other side of the world. Yep. yep. Chitty, chitty side. <laughs> and Reeks Patton for once again joining us as well. It's always fun to have you on. It's always fun to be here. And I would just like to apologise for all the DC hate. It's just very fresh in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone, are we? 
<laughs> if we were talking about the DC TV shows, we'd be quite positive, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't get into Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. So thank you so much for joining us. We will see you for the next main episode of Nerd Out. Can't tell you necessarily what we're reviewing. Probably Sherlock Season 4 at this stage. Uh, but until then, make sure you nerd out, and I'll see you next time. See ya. You were just listening to Nerd Out. 2017 New Year's special featuring Rob Lloyd and Sandra Felcher with special guests Reese Parton and Adam J. Purcell. This has been an improbable podcast production. Feel free to contact us at feedback.nerdout at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook for any review recommendations or feedback. The links are in the description. The views expressed are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the network. The opening and closing music of this show is Denial by Dark Shadows. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Rob. Cock, cock, cock. Cock, 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 cock. We've got to cut it out now. Fuck it, you say. Marvel know how to do a good film. Uh, they, They get you engaged. I hate to be horrible and interject, but the moment you said it keeps you engaged, Rob's phone line just hung up. (laughs) (laughs) Really not in the case. (laughs) Yep, let me just double check that the recorder is working and we'll go from there. Uh, It'd be our luck. Isn't now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Are you? Oh, and of course, this is the moment where media player decides to crash. (laughs) 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 It's working from what I have seen. Okay. I think this stuff should just work by now, wouldn't you? (laughs) You'd hope so. Very hard. It's the future. It's 2017. It should just work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Future. All right, seamless edit. Nothing has happened, guys.